0: very good morning to you at Great Parks, it's a joy to be with you again for this short series of Sunday mornings, Uh, and uh, this morning I've been asked to uh, look at Acts chapter 13 verses 4 to 12 and uh, share a few thoughts with you. I'm going to keep this uh, brief and simple because of uh, the children that are with us, it's lovely to see them. Uh, but I have prepared a short set of notes with the headings. Do make sure that you get a set of those notes because then you can follow up the study at home, at your leisure, perhaps in a little more depth. We're going to start by reading the passage and although our thoughts will start from the verse 4 of Acts 13, I'm going to now read verse, from verse 1 for the sake of context. In the church at Antioch, There were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Neger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They travelled through the whole island until they came to uh, Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The uh, the proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But uh, Alimas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, um, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. And Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus and said, You are a child of the devil, and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. I'm sure the Lord will add to us a blessing from the reading of his word. Well, this records the very beginning of the first of the great missionary journeys undertaken by the Apostle Paul, uh, and uh, it started from his own home city of Antioch, up the coast of uh, uh, north of Israel. Uh, Barnabas had befriended him, and uh, they were called by the Holy Spirit to set off on this first missionary journey. Together with John Mark, uh, we read of him again in uh, chapter 12, verse 12. Uh, where Peter had been released by the angel from prison, and uh, he, he uh, went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. I want to just draw out of this passage four main points, and we'll do a little teaching on all points. And the first point is this. We note that the whole Endeavor of the missionary journey and what happened on those journeys was under the direct control of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, isn't just a vague power, he's a real person. It said in verse um, 2 that the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul. So there was Um, a sense of responsibility given to the third person of the Trinity. And without going into the whole theology of the Trinity, we realize that the Holy Spirit is the one that, if you like, to keep it simple, enacts the purposes of God in our lives, in our circumstances, in this world, and has done since the creation of the world. And for us as Christians, each one of us, are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, bringing great changes in our lives and motivating and leading and guiding us. That is his job and he wants to empower us, as he did these wonderful men of the first century. So, for each of these four points, I want to make three uh, smaller points and then do a quick little bit of teaching on that issue. And of course, as I've said just now, our first point is that the whole endeavour of these missionary journeys was under the direct control of the Holy Spirit. That's what had happened in Antioch. Uh, The people there realised that they were called to start evangelising, taking the gospel of Jesus into uh, the great Roman world of those days. And uh, the Holy Spirit was very much in evidence leading and guiding them. We see that in verse 2. We also see in verse 4 that the Holy Spirit was leading Paul and Barnabas on their journey. They were sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. So Paul and Barnabas had this great inner feeling of being led, of being under the control of God himself through the person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. There was an inner leading, a direction very clear sense of uh, following a leading of God. And thirdly, uh, we see that the Holy Spirit was very much involved as Paul had to deal with this, uh, this evil man, Elimas, or Bar-Jesus. Uh, and in verse 9, Paul said, or Saul, who was also called Paul, he was filled with the Holy Spirit when he looked straight at this man and did what he did we'll see that a little bit later on so the lesson we're learning in this first of our four points this morning is that there is a big difference in uh, being led by our own inclinations and our own decisions however good they may be and by the holy spirit it's so easy for us to um, engage in activities, whether it's personal, family, business, church, whatever, thinking, yes, we're going to pray about it and ask God to bless what we've decided to do. And yet here is a very important place in human history. The beginning of the gospel and evangelism and the spread of the message of Jesus which was clearly under the Holy Spirit's activity. And so, uh, on this first point, the question for us is, uh, do I really want to be led by my own ideas, my own opinions, my own inclinations, or do I want to be led by the Holy Spirit? We're living in a day when I believe God is making it very plain to us that he wants us to be ready to be led by him through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you younger people, but for all of us, we need to say, is my life just a series of decisions that I've taken? I've tried to follow uh, good biblical and spiritual principles, but ultimately it's my life and I'm in charge. Or are we so filled with the Spirit and so aware of the Holy Spirit's leading that we're able to say, Lord, I really have an inner sense of your leading, of the power of the Holy Spirit guiding me to showing me what I need to do and helping me to bring glory to Jesus in my life in the day in which I live. Our second main point, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) was that their first priority was to Jewish believers. (coughs) Please excuse me. And we see that as they landed in Cyprus, uh, the first port of call as it were, uh, on this first missionary journey, they started preaching at the Jewish synagogues. And this was a pattern of Paul, right the way through his ministry, certainly in the earlier days of his travels. uh, He would start by going to the local synagogue, remember all these people were Jewish uh, people themselves and they would go to their fellow countrymen. Now, uh, the, um, many of these um, people were uh, throughout the Roman Empire, these Jewish people, we call this the diaspora, the Jewish diaspora. And uh, they, they um, had settled in different parts of the Roman Empire, the old Greek Empire as well, for the last 200 years, the previous 200 years. They'd spread out. Many of them had become perhaps more Greek or Roman than Jewish. But nevertheless, they were Jewish people who were looking for their Messiah. And Paul was so keen to go and say, Jesus, the Messiah, he has come. We want to tell you what uh, message he's brought and what he's done while he was here. So uh, we see that... uh, Right throughout their journey, uh, they preach first of all in the synagogues. And you'll see this happen time and time again in different cities uh, on this first journey. We notice also that this sorcerer, this uh, man who we would um, today regard as uh, somebody involved in witchcraft or the occult or wizard, if you like, perhaps as a male, that may be the better word. Uh, involved in fortune-telling and uh, casting spells, that's the sort of man he was, he was also Jewish. Uh, And uh, we see also uh, that as Paul travelled, not only here but further on in his uh, travels, particularly on this first missionary journey, it was from the Jewish people that he had most opposition, sadly. The people that should have been only too ready to accept the message of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the one that should come to change the world. And they rejected him. And sadly, that is still the case with many Jewish people around the world. Uh, They are still very much uh, a a, a nation, a, a people that we can identify. And God has not finished with the Jews yet. They did reject Jesus and eventually they lost their land, they lost Jerusalem their capital when the Romans uh, sacked Jerusalem in AD 17, they lost their temple. They were dispersed to the four corners of the world but God had promised that they would eventually be brought back and eventually uh, he would um, bless them in their land and make them an important nation in the history of the world in the future. Now we see that in the days in which we live, uh, where uh, the Jewish people have gone back to Israel and uh, God has got his hand on them.
1: But I'm not gonna go any
0: further into teaching about uh, God's purposes for the Jews. But it was sadly true that after Jesus had come the first time, done his work of dying and rising again, and he had ascended back into heaven, many of the people Uh, from his own nation he came to them his own they received him not but uh the message then was to go out to the rest of the world to the rest of us called gentiles people who are not jews i just would make the point there very sadly very often we get most opposition in our christian lives from those people that are closest to us our friends maybe even our family maybe one or two of you watching this video Uh, are getting a lot of stick from those people that are closest to you, people you love, who do not understand why you want to be a Christian. And that is the case. Jesus was a Jew, uh, but uh, he, he found so much opposition. In fact, eventually they arranged to have him crucified. But of course, many, many of the Jewish people did receive Jesus. They weren't all antagonistic. The early church was uh, composed of Jewish people, and then Gentiles started coming in as well. So, uh, we uh, see that uh, Paul realized he had to preach to the Jew first, and then go out to the Gentiles. Thirdly, our third major point this morning is this, the importance of using our minds rather than our emotions. Now, I'm not uh, suggesting uh, that we should work it all out for ourselves, uh, but in our response to God, in our response to the work of the Holy Spirit, in our response to the leading that we feel we have, we have to think about things. We have to weigh them up. Uh, We have to uh, sort out uh, what God is saying, teaching the Bible and spiritual truth is so important. When Jesus came, he came full of grace and truth. And with all the competing claims of religion and philosophy, Jesus is the truth. And we need to get our minds filled with an understanding of who God is, why we're here, why he created the world, what the Bible teaches, where it's all going. We need to use our minds rather than just our emotions. And sadly, so much of Christianity today is an emotional response to some sort of inner feeling. Well, lots of other religions have the same emotional response. Uh, We have to think. We have to know the truth. And I'm saying that because this proconsul, it says in verse um, 7, he was an intelligent man. He was an intelligent man. He thought about things. He weighed things up. Maybe I'm speaking to someone in this uh, this morning, and uh, you're yeah, not sure about things. Well, don't wait just to have some sort of emotional experience or some inner light. Um, we're asking you to think about these things. Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life," and uh, there is a, a, a wonderful fullness of understanding of spiritual reality and the physical creation, the world around us, that comes from knowing biblical truth. Get into the word of God, it is God's truth and the principles that come out of that. He wanted to know and to hear the word of God. He was an intelligent man. And having heard, he believed, we read in this passage, when he'd heard the teaching, and it was followed up by the evidence that their teaching was true, because of what had happened to this false sorcerer, who was uh, a magic man, and no good to anybody. So uh, Christianity is an exercise of our minds, first and foremost, and then having been convicted in our minds of the truth, then it affects our wills, that we do want to follow Jesus, I will believe, and uh, that's a decision of our will, that we will accept Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord, and then the emotions will follow. We'll feel the joy of the Lord deep within and his peace that passes all understanding. And then, fourthly, the reality of apostolic authority. You know, this experience of uh, Paul dealing with this sorcerer Uh, There must be, behind the scenes here, a sense of this man's total rejection of truth. Uh, And he knew. It wasn't just a man uh, who um, wasn't uh, aware of what he was doing and not responsible for his uh, actions and so on. As a Jew, he knew from the Old Testament to engage in sorcery and wizardry and uh, spells and all that sort of thing, it was totally wrong. Uh, there was uh, it, it was it was against even Jewish religion, let alone Christianity. Uh, so you know he he wasn't uh, naive. He, he he knew what he was doing. And Paul had apostolic authority. He was an apostle. That is the highest degree of authority that a Christian can possibly have under the Holy Spirit and uh, we have to be very careful as we hear people saying they are apostles or they have um, the uh, authority of God over other people we all have the right to follow Jesus and to learn the truth and to uh, be anointed Through the Holy Spirit, we have gifts to do God's work. It doesn't make us all apostles. Uh, I believe our apostolic authority is the apostles of the Bible. Um, But we have to be very careful as we try to exercise real authority, particularly those of us in leadership or in uh, positions of responsibility in the Christian church. Um, and, And Paul obviously understood the difference between his mind confronted with this man and the mind of God uh, because he, he, he says there you are a child of the devil you are an enemy of everything that is right uh, and uh, he said the, the the hand of the Lord is against you he was speaking God's truth God's word to this man and bringing him into um, a punishment that um, we, we don't know how long it may have lasted Uh, But it was God saying, you have blinded so many other people with your falseness, with your um, ungodly and evil ways. God is now going to take away your sight for a time in the hope that you will learn and realize that you cannot blind people to the truth of God. And so uh, it was God's judgment, not Paul's. He was being just um, a a messenger in God's hands as he had this very important job to stop this man in his evil ways, particularly as he was a servant of the proconsul who was so interested in true Christian things. And uh, today uh, we do need to know that the Holy Spirit will guide people into a true understanding of the evil that's all around us. But you know, each one of us can have a measure of that understanding, particularly you young people. As you're at school, as you hear bad words, filthy language and jokes, as you see what people are getting up to with drugs and all the rest of it. You know, (laughs) God is giving you so much uh, opportunity to come to Jesus and to say, Lord, I want my life to be cleaned up. I don't want to follow the ways of Satan. I don't want to be like this man getting more and more into evil. I just want to be somebody who lives for you and filled with the Holy Spirit, can do great things for you in my day through my life. May these few simple thoughts about this passage bless us all as we seek to follow Jesus in the days in which we live. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen.